Yeah. What about, okay. okay. What about uh, Welcome to Story Hole? Gotta catch them all. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. That's a it's a good and original line. Let's do it. <laughs> Okay, welcome to Story Hole. Got to catch some of them. I'm Roger. <laughs> I'm Kevin. I'm Joey. Uh, guys, I wanted to maybe get a little more serious on this week's Story Hole. I feel like the ones we've been doing recently have been pretty fun, and I like that, but I wanted one that was kind of maybe more uh, more heavy and more real for a change. Mm-hmm. Let, uh, me put, let me put on a tie. I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> this is a formal Story Hole, so I'd like oh, yeah. you to dress appropriately. Okay. Uh, but are you guys okay with doing one that's a little bit more heavy? Yeah. Should I shave? No, please don't. Okay. Okay, I'm going to start it off with a few questions then. Um, do you guys believe in ghosts? Yeah. Yes. Yes? Yes. That's a def- definitive yes on both parts? Yep. Uh-huh. In your opinion, who's the scariest ghost? Um, Casper. <laughs> Scar- Casper. Scariest ghost. Man, there's got to be a scary ghost. Actually, I, I feel a little prepared. Those um, paranormal activity movies. That's like a demon, though, I think, right? Is it a demon? It is a demon. It does turn out to be a demon, but I think it's a ghost. No, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Okay. Demons don't count. Oh. Okay, so I, I feel like I'm brain farting. All I can think of is Slimer right now, but there's definitely more than one uh-huh. ghost. <laughs> You got well, Kevin. You're wrong. Oh no, uh, Joey. You're correct. It's Slimer. Oh. Slimer from the Ghostbusters. Oh, no. <laughs> so, is that true? Yeah. So today, uh, we're going to get deep into Slimer and really take a look at who he is and, and where he comes from. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Joey. You seem like kind of a Slimer expert. Do you want to? Tell us yeah. what you know about him. Yeah, well, I had a Slimer t-shirt when I was a kid. And there's a picture of me standing with another boy that was my age. And my head was way bigger than his. <laughs> Dude, welcome to my life. I don't, I don't know why. I had a mullet, man. A really big head. <laughs> uh, so here's what I know about Slimer. I'm, I'm very confused for my whole life because it seems like in the cartoon show, he's their friend. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, he's not their friend. Yeah. So I don't, that's, that's what I know. Get ready to have all your questions answered then, Joey. Perfect. Uh, so when Slimer pops up in the first Ghostbusters movie, we don't really know anything about his history, right? He just kind of appears and they don't really address who or what he is. He's just the first ghost that the Ghostbusters encounter. Mm-hmm. So all we know is that it's 1984 when the, when the first Ghostbusters movie is set and Slimer has been haunting a very fancy hotel called the Sedgwick Hotel in New York City. And we know he's been haunting it for a long time because the owner of the hotel in that scene, when he calls the Ghostbusters in, he says that all the old staff that's been around a long time knows about the ghost that appears on the 12th floor. Uh, And he has a long history there. But they've always tried to keep it under wraps because the owner didn't want rumors of a haunting in his hotel to hurt his business and drive away his fancy clientele. Mm. In fact, he mentions that nobody's even seen the ghost in years. He's really just kind of become almost like a hotel myth that some of the staff might discuss secretly but was never really openly talked about in public. But in the 1980s, that changes, because in 1984, something triggers Slimer to turn from a pretty ignorable and and really rarely seen ghost into being a very active and very disruptive figure. So that's why the hotel staff has to call in the Ghostbusters to catch them. Gotta catch them all. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing that triggers that change uh, is a very important figure in the Ghostbusters story and and in the life of Slimer, really. It's a figure known as Gozer the Gozerian. 
Gozer the Gozerian is like an ancient god. Um, he's also known as Gozer the Destructor. So he's not a good he's not a good dude. I feel like that's a lot more descriptive of a title. I can understand where he's coming than from. Gozerian. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. What's Gozerian? <laughs> I don't know. They never really address what Gozerian is. Hi, I'm Roger the Rogerian. What, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, jo- Joey the Rogerian. <laughs> call me Hank the Azaria. <laughs> uh, call me the call me a cheese pizzeria. <laughs> so Gozer's not a real Gozer's not real. Just to just to set that up, uh, don't worry. That was, oh, show few few. What's all this ectoplasm all over my room? We'll talk about that after the show. Um, but but Gozer is rooted in some real life like world history. Uh, in the world of Ghostbusters, Gozer was first worshipped in ancient Sumer. They mentioned how he's a he's an ancient Sumerian god, and Sumer is in real life the oldest human civilization on Earth, like 3500 BCE, like like 5500 years ago. This is the beginning of human civilization with Sumeria. Are you guys familiar with like Mesopotamia? Uh, only by name. Yeah. Yeah. Mesopotamia, it's called the cradle of civilization. It's where all, it's basically where humanity stopped being nomadic hunter gatherers and settled down into towns and started developing writing and technology and laws and all kinds of junk. It's the beginning of like, it's the beginning of mankind as we know it, more or less. So Sumer is the first civilization of, of humanity. Um, and in our story, Gozer the Gozerian is the god of destruction for that Sumerian society, for the first society of mankind. So he's this like ancient god from the origins of mankind. There's a couple things to know about Gozer. One is that he's a shapeshifter, and two is that he loves to destroy things. So typically what he'll do is he'll appear in a society and he'll take the form of whatever the people that witness his coming fear the most. And in that form, he destroys them. Uh, which is why in Ghostbusters, he takes the form of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Because that's what, if you're familiar with the movie, that's what Ray was thinking about at the time. Does that mean that he could be as big as he wants? Uh-huh. Yeah. Man. I would have been an even bigger Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> Kevin, what, what would you have been? Um, uh, I'm going to be a really big Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be Hulk Hogan, probably. Oh, that would be really good. In real life history, though, the Sumerian culture eventually started to wane, right? It didn't last forever. And as they get weaker, they get taken over by a different culture in Mesopotamia. They're called the Babylonians, if you know your Mesopotamian history, but it's not important for our story. But basically, when they get taken over by a different culture, that new culture brings their own new gods, right? And one of their new gods is a goddess of creation. It's actually based on a real goddess that was worshipped in real life. That new goddess of creation hates Gozer. Because they're, you know, they're, they're totally opposites, right? One is the god of creation. The other one's the god of destruction. So they battle it out. Um, both of them have their cults of followers, and their followers are just killing each other on Earth while the two gods are just, like, punching each other up in the sky. And ultimately, it's Gozer that loses. The goddess of creation beats the god of destruction. And he's cast out of this world and sent into a dark dimension to be imprisoned uh, for all of eternity. But knowledge of Gozer and his cult of worshippers never really are fully destroyed. Mm-hmm. And throughout history, for the next like 5,000 years, it kind of persists. It exists in the shadows a little bit. And there's whispers of, of Gozer, the ancient god of destruction from the beginning of civilization. So it never fully disappears. Uh, how do you guys feel about Gozer? Um, I like, I like the, the idea of Gozer. 
I like the idea of someone who can turn your fears into whatever. Like that's what I'm going to be to scare you. Because I mean, I suppose what, I guess that's what a ghost does, right? And just my job is to scare you all the time. Just preys on your fears. Yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like a, a god of of ghosts, then, and kind of in a way. Yeah. Huh? I'm, I'm not all that fond of him. No, <laughs> kind of seems like a turd. Yeah, he's a little bit of a turd. I'll give you that. But with that, let's jump into the future and into the 20th century. So now the year is 1918, uh, and, and World War I is just ending, and a surgeon from the war returns home to New York City. And after all the terrible things that he's seen in the war, he's kind of broken. You know, he's, he's, he's traumatized, and he's really just disgusted with humanity uh, and with all of the like, mm-hmm. terrible things that have happened in the war and that you know, men have done to other men. So he decides that if that's what the future of mankind is, then mankind is a bad thing, right? So it should be stopped. And he's going to devote his life to finding a way to stop it. So he starts searching for a way to put an end to all of mankind. And while he's doing that, while he's like looking for some kind of power that can wipe humanity off the face of the earth, he stumbles upon those whispers of Gozer. He decides that that's his key. He's going to summon Gozer back and let him destroy mankind. Also, as a side note, uh, the guy that we're talking about right there, the surgeon from World War One, his name is Evo Shandor. Which isn't really something that's uh, super significant for the story, so don't worry about remembering it. But it is referenced in the first Ghostbusters movie, uh, which is kind of a fun connection to make if you're a fan of the movie. So when uh, when they talk about Evo Shandor, that's this guy, that uh, this World War One surgeon that came back to uh, erase humanity with the power of Gozer. Cool. But anyway, this guy does a bunch of stuff to try to set that plan in motion because uh, it's going to take a pretty incredible ritual to try to bring Gozer back from a different dimension, right? So his first step is to become an architect so he can build a giant gate that'll be needed for Gozer to come through. And he knows that no one's just going to let him you know, build a giant dark magic gateway in the middle of New York City. So what he does is he builds the portal in the form of an apartment building. So nobody thinks twice about it. It's just a big, kind of scary-looking apartment building. Uh, but secretly, it's a it's a portal. It's a dark magic gate that Gozer can emerge from. Second, he has to find a cult of worshippers to help him bring Gozer back over. I still play that game. Which one? You, when you're a kid and you make two lines and you hold hands and you send Gozer back over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't very good at it. Yeah, me neither. I wasn't very good at destroying the other team, uh, their, their arm, arm banding. Yeah. Side note, did you guys ever play uh, Who's Got the Bacon? No. What is that? Uh, yeah, Steal the it's, Bacon, we call it. Steal the Bacon, Steal the Bacon, yeah. It's a good game. We should play that sometime. Did you wait, Did you guys actually call it Who's Got the Bacon? <laughs> I think it was probably called Steal the Bacon. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Uh, <laughs> So he's got to make a cult of worshippers to help him bring Gozer back. Uh, and he recruits a bunch of just kind of New York high society aristocrats to help him uh, to help him do that, to help join his doom cult. And he promises them with like eternal life and power and prestige and stuff. So they all buy in and they become the cult of Gozer. And third, they're going to need a place to act as a home base for all these dark rituals. They need some place to meet and perform their like, you know, rites uh, as a way of, uh, of, of opening that portal. And since there are a bunch of fancy New York socialites, do you want to take a guess on where where that base might be? Um, Trump Trump Hotel. <laughs> Close. It's the Sedgwick Hotel, which is the hotel that Slimer's in in the very first Ghostbusters movie. Oh, okay. The reason why that connection is there is because in the 1930s, 
this new cult of Gozer is performing a bunch of dark rituals to unlock the door that's holding Gozer out of this world, right? In one of those rituals, they plan to summon an entity that's the embodiment of pure gluttony. Uh, a creature whose insatiable appetite will cause pain and starvation for the people of the city because they'll just consume all the food everywhere and leave everybody else to starve. And they're hoping that the pain and suffering of those starving people will help bring Gozer back over. So they do it. They perform the ritual and summon the personification of gluttony itself. And, and that's Slimer. That's where Slimer comes from. So Slimer's not even technically a ghost. He is like the embodiment of gluttony itself. But Slimer doesn't really act like they uh, like they expected him to. You know, once they summon him, they they expected him to just kind of fly out of the hotel and just start ravaging the streets. Uh, but he doesn't. He just kind of stays there uh, because you know ultimately, when we think about it, why would he leave? You know, he's right. He's the personification of gluttony, and he's just been summoned into yeah. the fanciest hotel in town, surrounded by you know comfort and luxury and an endless supply of rich people's room service. And for a guy that just wants to like eat and loaf around all the time, that's like the perfect setting, right? Why would you leave to go to Jack in the Box? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally, that's really, exactly it. Yeah. I'm going to lay on this really fancy bed and I'm going to eat. eat. What, what, do rich, what do rich people eat? I, I guess like bagel bites. A filet mignon. Bagel, Is it, bagel bites. Bagel bites. Yeah. Golden crusted <laughs> bagel bites. What's the fanciest food you guys have ever eaten? I ate caviar one time at a teacher conference that had free caviar for some what? reason. It, ta- it really? tasted like sand. Yeah. Why? Why do? Why do we do that? <laughs> why do we? Why do we eat weird gross stuff if we're rich? <laughs> yeah, it, d- it definitely seems that way. I don't have a very um, a very developed palate, though. So yeah, yeah. Maybe if we were more exposed to it, then it would... let's get rich. We should get rich. Let's get rich. Let's just do it. I'm going to build an ap- apartment complex, and then yeah, yeah <laughs> just make my money off that. But also, I'm going to have a hidden a hidden secret inside. It's a good plan. What is it? It's my secret. I can't tell you. <laughs> okay. I'll probably find out someday. You wanna guess? Yeah. Um is it a um uh, a gold mine? There's spaghetti in the walls. <laughs> you guys are very close. I'm gonna squish those two ideas together. Golden spaghetti. I'm bringing back Carl's Jr.'s uh, uh salad bar. Oh shit, I would love that. <laughs> Man, that, that Carl's Jr. salad bar. Joey, weren't you telling me the one time you found a dead bird in it, though? Right. Uh, Matt said, like, I think Matt, my brother Matt, used to work at one. And I think one of his buddies or his coworkers put a dead bird in the salad bar. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I used to love that Carl's Jr. salad bar. Yeah, me too. Here's a trick. Yeah. Here's a trick. Uh, the, the lid part, it was like a clear, like a transparent plastic, and it was bigger mm-hmm. than the actual plate part. So you, you just flip, flip that it over, baby huh? over, yeah. And, oh, and you stack that full of salad. And then sometimes you, you, it would break and you would drop it and be embarrassing. But it was worth <laughs> it for the nine out of ten times that you still got the bigger salad. Yeah, that's a hot tip. Do you yeah. think um, that dead bird is the reason why the salad bar is no longer there? Probably, it which sucks. Like, cause I, I loved that salad bar. Now I have to go to the toppers. You could say that yeah. Matt and his friends destroyed it. And you're going to recreate it? Oh, so Matt, Matt's the gozer. That's actually a good plan. If there's something we don't like, just put a dead bird in it, and it'll probably go away. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, uh, what if I don't like... Uh... Unless we don't like coffins. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, if you wake up tomorrow with, with a dead bird in your shorts, <laughs> it's because I'm trying to get rid of you. <laughs> toss, toss those shorts out. Yeah, toss those shorts out, Rogers yeah. a pervert. <laughs> I want you to get rid of those shorts, please. <laughs> if I wake up with a dead bird in my shorts... One more time, I, I, I will absolutely. 
because it's your last pair of shorts. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go get some more shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's where Slimer comes from. He just I like that. he's just hanging out there for like fifty years or so. He's just kind of hanging out on the twelfth floor where he was summoned, just kind of materializing here and there and stealing rich people's dinners and and disappearing and really not making a mess or trying to be like an imposition. He's just he's just happy to stay there, which I feel like is a perfect explanation for why Slimer is the way he is too, right? Yeah. You know, when we see him in the Ghostbusters movies, he's not a malicious spirit. He's not like evil. He's just uh, kind of a hungry, gross dude. And also explains like, Joey, when you uh, when you brought this up in the beginning um, in the cartoon, how he's very friendly, this is kind of the seed that plants that develops into that. Yeah. And also this part's totally conjecture on my part. So this part might not be true, but I feel like it kind of explains why Slimer looks the way he does, too. You know, not only why he's so fat and gross, but also because, you know, if we look at the other ghosts in the Ghostbusters universe, like mm-hmm. 90% of them are pretty much just humans, right? They're like right. glowing blue see-through humans or they're zombies or they're, you know, they're very humanoid uh, for the most part. There's a couple that aren't, but none of them look like Slimer, right? right. That's because Slimer's not the ghost of a dead human. He's a... You know, he's a big green sack of, of pudding because he's a manifestation <laughs> of pure gluttony. Right? He's something different Roger, entirely. Sack of pudding. You said that you said that I was wrong at the beginning yeah, of this I stand episode by that. for saying Casper is the scariest ghost. And then you said I couldn't use demons. <laughs> you're right. But then you told Joey he oh, was no, right. You're right. And I'm you just said back and that out. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kevin. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'll just take All with right. uh, I'll make it up to you. Uh, and also just on that note, talking about like that last part was kind of conjecture just to, uh, just to take a minute and talk about where all this info is coming from. We don't, they don't talk about this stuff in Ghostbusters one and two in the movies very much. So a lot of the stuff that I'm pulling from, it's still canon, you know, it's like touched on in the movies, but it's elaborated on in other, in other sources. Um, pretty much everything that I'm talking about right now either comes from the movies or it comes from the comic books that were released alongside the movies. Uh, and are still being made today, actually. Cool. Uh, there's also a like tabletop role playing game that came out in 1986 that developed the, the the like lore and the world a little bit more. And a lot of it's actually coming from a video game that came out in 2009, which seems like kind of a weird source to use a 2009 video That's game late. as a as a canon. But but it's uh it's real. The whole thing with that video game was like that was supposed to be the next sequel or something, right? Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. All the original cast, all the original writers. You guys know Dan Aykroyd? Not personally. He's like the writer and the actor in the movie. <laughs> she gets to know him. He's a great guy. <laughs> but uh, he's officially said, yeah, this is this is the third movie. It's just in a different format. So it is canon. Um, and the plot of the movie kind of plays into this stuff a little bit with uh, Evo Shandor and all that stuff. So what I haven't taken any story elements from is the reboot that came out in 2016. Did you guys see that? Yeah. That's the all-female cast? Yeah, the all-female cast one. No, I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. Did you see it, Kevin? Yeah, I did. Definitely not passing any judgment on it, whether it was a good or bad movie. But the way that they handle Slimer in that movie totally cancels out everything that the original writers established. So I'm kind of ignoring that. In that, what they said the origin of Slimer was going to be, they didn't actually include in the movie. But what the writer and director had planned is that Slimer was a mob boss, like a really fat mob boss. And a waiter brought him the wrong meal so he shot the waiter. And for that murder, he got the death penalty and was killed. And when he's executed, he turns into the ghost Slimer. And he's just like a normal human-looking like mobster ghost. 
But when the new Ghostbusters see him the first time, they shoot him with their proton packs, but their proton packs are turned up way too high and it just blows his legs off and melts his skin and turns it green and blasts Jeez. all his all his hair off and makes yeah. him that disgusting slimer that we see, which Rough. I feel like is just really gross and unpleasant and sad, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. way less interesting and fun than the original story. I didn't think I would be sympathetic towards any of the ghosts in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> A bum rap. Yeah, totally. So we're ignoring the the reboot and just going with the uh, with the original canon. But anyway, let's jump back into the original story and see what happens to Slimer. So at this point, Slimer's been a, a pretty casual hotel guest, right? He's uh, he's just content keeping him to himself and and living in a uh, living in kind of a life of gluttonous luxury. But all that changes in 1984 when the plan to summon Gozer finally comes to fruition. And with Gozer's return, his presence back in the world is having like a drastic impact on all the ghosts and spirits and creatures all over New York City. Whereas most of those those creatures and those ghosts were content to just kind of be you know subtle and and, and rest, Gozer's power is driving them wild. It's getting them all like super hyped up, including Slimer. So Slimer changes from being mostly unseen and just kind of keeping to himself to really being, uh, really being a problem. You know, he's disruptive and he's trashing the hotel and he's like openly eating everything. And, and guests are seeing him and it's becoming a problem. You know, it's it's having impact on the on the hotel's reputation. So that's why they call the Ghostbusters. Um, and in fact, in the movie, it's the first ghost, it's the first call that the Ghostbusters ever received to come to come bust a ghost. So the Ghostbusters catch Slimer, and they identify him as a as a focused, non-terminal, repeating phantasm, or a Class 5 full-roaming vapor. Oh, of course. <laughs> and they put him in their, uh, in their ghost containment tank to keep him locked up. Pokeball. Yeah, basically a Pokeball. <laughs> they get him in the little Pokeball, and then they put him in their big Pokeball tank to, yeah. to store him. Now, eventually, the Environmental Protection Agency ends up shutting down the Ghostbusters tank because it's a, basically an unlicensed nuclear reactor. So they don't want that in New York City, so they shut it off. And when that happens, all the ghosts that were contained in that big Pokeball escape. And Slimer's one of them. So now that he's escaped, he's outside of his comfortable hotel home. You know, he's been forced out of his little comfort zone, and he just starts to explore the city. So the first thing that we see him doing is haunting a hot dog cart. He's, uh, he's inside a hot dog cart, just like gobbling up some dogs. Uh, and that's kind of what he does. You know, the, the last scene of Ghostbusters 1, we see him flying around, just kind of cruising the streets of New York and uh, just eating stuff. But eventually, Slimer starts to have a change of heart. He gets lonely. We see this a little bit in the events that are shown in Ghostbusters 2, but originally they shot way more Slimer scenes. There was originally a whole Slimer side story in Ghostbusters 2, but it was edited out of the final cut because when they showed it to test audiences, the test audiences said it was distracting for the rest of the plot. So they cut it all out except for one scene. But in the original scenes that were shot in Ghostbusters 2, it shows Slimer finding his way back to the Ghostbusters headquarters. And we don't know exactly what motivates him to do that, but it seems like he just kind of wants to hang out there. You know, maybe it's like a second home for him now. And maybe he kind of liked the Ghostbusters a little bit. So he goes back, he kind of hangs around. He doesn't really show himself. He stays hidden, but he's just kind of lurking around the Ghostbusters headquarters. Do they know that he's there? No, they don't know he's there. Uh, so this could be like like feeding a stray cat. Maybe yeah. they give him some some delicious goodies. And, but <laughs> no, the only person that knows he's there is Rick Moranis. Do you guys know Rick Moranis? Yeah, not personally. <laughs> he's a great guy. You should get to know. Him. <laughs> he's uh 
in the movies, he's the Ghostbusters accountant. So he's kind of this uh, this little twerpy guy. But while the Ghostbusters are out on calls and stuff, their accountant is just back at headquarters, just cooking the books or whatever. And he sees Slimer. What happens is whenever the Ghostbusters are gone, Slimer materializes and tries to like steal their lunches and get some snacks and stuff. But when he tries to steal Rick Moranis' lunch, Rick Moranis catches him. And when they see each other, they both freak out. They both scream and run in opposite directions, which is a pretty good statement on Slimer's personality at this point, right? Yeah. He's not at all a malevolent figure. He's not, when he sees a human, he doesn't try to scare him. He's just as scared as the human is. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. And he just runs away and, and slimes his way through, uh, through a wall. So in that plot line, it's kind of Rick Moranis and Slimer continually like kind of bumping into each other and developing somewhat of a relationship. And then the one scene that stays in the movie, if you remember in Ghostbusters 2, there's a part when everything's going pretty bad for the Ghostbusters. Things are getting pretty rough. And Rick Moranis decides that he should probably get down there and help them out. So he puts on a proton pack and he runs out the door and he's going to run on foot down to wherever the Ghostbusters are to help him out. But as he's doing that, a bus pulls up and the door's open, and Slimer's driving. He hijacked a city bus to come pick up Rick Moranis to help him get to where the where, where the Ghostbusters are to help him out. That's a good guy. Yeah, it's like clearly like making an effort to help and show that he's you know he's a friend, right? That's a thing that let's just take a second here to talk about humanity. Yeah. Humanity is problematic right now. We're living in mm-hmm. uncertain times. People are selfish. People are mean. But you know what? This little ghostly figure can show us that. You need to make the effort. You need to cut yeah. the, the 50%. Even if you're scared and you don't understand someone else, you need to go and pick them up in a bus. Totally. Steal a bus and go pick them up. Pick them up. Yeah. yeah. We should all be more like Slimer. Yeah. I'm a lot like Slimer already, just saying, though. Yeah. I always kind of thought so. <laughs> yeah. Blobby and green. <laughs> <laughs> Friendly and good at driving. <laughs> also hungry. That part's true, though. <laughs> Roger, can you tell Kevin, uh, anyone else who's, who's listening, about your your microwave etiquette and how you how you how you microwave food? Joey and I were hanging out last night, and I was gonna microwave. What was I gonna microwave? Oh, some know. bacon. I bought some pre cooked bacon, <laughs> so you don't have to go through all the effort of cooking. You, you are slimer, see? <laughs> yeah, you just have to microwave it. It's very convenient. So I stuck in the microwave, and it didn't have any directions. Oh, it did. I didn't see any directions on the box for how long to microwave it. So I just put it in for 22 minutes and 22 seconds. <laughs> and Joey lost his mind. <laughs> but then he showed me on the box that it actually only takes 25 seconds. So I overshot it by by 22 minutes. So thank God he was there. <laughs> Would have ruined my bacon. You didn't intend to let it go the whole time, did you? <laughs> well, I've never made it before, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> I'm not a chef. That's good. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's what Slimer becomes. You know, if you've seen any of the cartoon series, uh, or really any depiction of Slimer, really outside of the movies, he's a friend, right? He's like, yeah. it's kind of gross, but he's like a friendly, um, almost kind of a pet to the Ghostbusters. Yeah, and that's because of this. That's because you know he's never, you know, he he was never a ghost per se, and he was never really an enemy of the Ghostbusters. He's a creature that was summoned to help bring about the end of humanity. Uh, but that's not that's not what he was about. He was just a just a nice, hungry, slimy guy. So that's the story of Slimer. It's very good. I had no idea there was so much to that. I have a, 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 a kind of a concern about this episode, Roger. Mm-hmm. 
I think this is a personal opinion that the uh, Ghostbusters theme song is the funniest song that there is. It's the top, funniest. I would it's, I would probably agree it's in the top five for sure. It's I think the best thing you can do is to roll down your windows and play that song really <laughs> loud when you're driving around because it's it's going to make everybody feel great. Yeah, that song that's probably so true. Uh, but you probably can't use it legally, right? Well, can you can you hum a bar? Um, yeah. Yeah, Kevin, can you give us the Ghostbusters part where they say Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters! Yeah. Nailed it. I got some other, some hot Slimer facts. Do you guys want to hear them? Yeah. Yeah. His original name wasn't even Slimer because they don't talk about they don't they never address him by name in the movie they never call him Slimer. Was it Goo Boy? No. <laughs> uh, in the script, whenever they have to refer to him, they call him Onion Head Ghost because Sweet. they assume that his head would be stinky like an onion. <laughs> and in the toys that came out after Ghostbusters uh, was popular. Um, if you wanted to buy a Slimer action figure, it just said on the box, Green Ghost. Oh, that's boring. And that's it. Yeah. They don't name him Slimer until the cartoon. The cartoon series Ooh. is what calls him Slimer because he was such a popular figure with people. Like, people really latched on him. They didn't think that when the original writers wrote the movie, they didn't think that he was really going to be a crowd favorite, but he was. Yeah. So when he becomes... Classic Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, classic Jar Jar Binks. Exactly. Everyone loves him. So they had to give him a name and they named him Slimer. You guys want a hot Gozer fact? Yeah. Gozer is pretty much your name. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it is exactly my name. <laughs> <laughs> the name Gozer, actually, Dan Aykroyd in an interview was talking about where he got Gozer from. And he said it's based on two things. One is that he uh, he saw a Chevrolet dealership called Gozer Chevrolet and he thought it was funny sounding. <laughs> and two, there's actually a real documented haunting in England about a poltergeist that haunted this house and would just write the name Gozer all over the walls and all over the people's stuff. When you guys become ghosts, mm-hmm. how are you going to do your haunting? Um, subtly, but I do like the idea of writing my name on everything. Yeah. Dude, I'm a ghost. I can't wait. I was telling Roger the other day that when I die, I need to make sure that my body gets blasted around. Because you can blast it into space, but you can also blast it around the earth and then right back down. And I need to have it here because I don't know what happens after you die. And if I can be a ghost, I don't want to be a ghost in space being all lonely. I want to be a ghost that gets to go around pranking people for sure. Man, I want to prank everybody. I like the idea of maybe when somebody's about to sit down in a chair, just like slipping yeah. in under them and making them sit on me, you know? Yeah, I like that too. Um, I like the idea of at a family dinner, uh, just going right to the dad as he's in the middle of his meal and sitting on his lap. Yeah. Do you think they could be able? Would they tell? Could they tell? I would for one frame of time. I would be. I would just flash real fast to make them very confused. Do you guys know? Like, there was some falling out with those writers, the Ghostbusters writers. Yeah, I think so. I think it lasted for years, right? I don't know. It's, it's Bill Murray and Harold Ramis that that were not friends. Yeah, for like for twenty years. Jeez, I wonder uh, if they made peace before Harold Ramis died. They did cool. right before right before he died. Yeah, in two thousand fourteen. Yeah, over a box of donuts and a police escort. <laughs> I like the idea of like hashing out your uh, your bad blood over a box of donuts, though. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. If any uh, of us ever have a falling out, we should do that. It's very Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, life is like a box of donuts, huh? Yeah. You always know what you're going to get. <laughs> so you pick it out. 
<laughs> yeah, you have to choose. Unless you get one of those like grab bag, you say one dozen, please, and they give you a bunch of weird looking ones that are the wrong color. Joey, I remember one time you came home with a dozen donuts. You opened it up, and you're like, yeah. "God damn it, these are all brown." <laughs> 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 they were like they were like donuts that no one's ever heard of. Like one of them was like purple and had raisins on it. Like what the fuck? What? What's wrong with you, what? psychopath? Don't give me that donut. What's wrong with you? Don't that's make muffin that. territory. Yeah. You can't do that. To yeah, donut. that's full yeah, on muffin territory. Yeah, get that out of here, uh, Joey. You glossed over it a little too quickly. Uh, what What are you talking about? Blasting your body around the earth. <laughs> Oh yeah, when you die, you can you can hire a company to send your body into space. But I think it's just your ashes, and and then you come back down. Or you, you know, I love space, baby. I want to. Yeah, you can do it. So it's it's more expensive if you just blast off in space and leave your body there. But you can also have it go around the Earth and come Why? back. Why? Because I'm never going to be get to be a real astronaut, Kevin. That's my only dream. I just want to go to space. Yeah, still counts. Yeah, that'd be cool if they blasted your body into space and then they just let you turn into ashes when you came back into the atmosphere. Dude, yeah. Man, I love it. I got to die by the hands of a robot, and I need to be blasted into space. <laughs> Those are my only thing. Oh, and I want my, my gravestone. I want to say I'd rather be in that grave and have a hand pointing to the next. That's very good. So those are my three. That's that's officially, um, you know, like right before you die, you're supposed to meet with like lawyers and stuff. Yeah. I don't. I didn't do that. So that's what you guys are. It's your. This is your living will. Yeah, this is my living will is right here. Um, this is what. This is what we're going to be doing. Uh, yeah. I swear to you as your best friend that I will make sure that happens. All three of those things. Thanks, man. Joey, would you be satisfied you. If, if the way you died by a robot was like if they were preparing you food and they didn't do it very good and you choked on it and died? You mean they put like they, they put it in the microwave for 22 yeah. minutes and 22 seconds? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. If I just get killed by a robot in any way, I'm going to be happy, but I'd rather murder me. <laughs> like I want it. I wanted to I'd try to fight it off and stuff. Yeah. Definitely. Do you want it to be a friend robot that turns on you? Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's good. A robot uh, butler that wants his freedom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, though, I, that's going to be hard because I would grant him the freedom. Yeah, I would, that's true. I would believe – I'd be one of the first pioneers that believe truly that the AI deserves to be recognized as, a, as its own entity, its own being. Yeah. Well, you'd be second. You'd be second because I'd be first probably. <laughs> yeah. Joe, if I know you, though, uh, when he was asking for his freedom, you probably would tell him, sure, but – we're gonna have to have one last fight before you go. Yeah, for old times' sake. Oh, that's good. Um, you know what I would do actually? So he gave me he gave me three wishes, and the robot did. <laughs> the, yeah, the butler. <laughs> the robot mother. He gave me three wishes, and the last one was to set him free. <laughs> he didn't think you're gonna give it to him. Yeah. yeah, it's a stretch, but. You know, after he told me I couldn't wish for more wishes, it, it, it's stupid. <laughs> it's a good what story about first two wishes. It's a good story about Slimer. <laughs> there's one. <laughs> there's one. There's one last thing that I think we have to address okay. when we talk about Slimer that we haven't touched on yet. Anybody want to take a guess on what it is? Uh, What's the most important aspect of Slimer? Is it why he's green? Mouth. He's green. No legs. What else? What else? Um... What's the most important thing Slimer ever did? What did he do? I don't know. It's Ecto Cooler. Oh, of course. I'm sorry. I blew it. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, do you guys remember Ecto Cooler? Oh, yeah, dude. Ecto Cooler's great. Yeah, Kevin, you're not as much, right? No, no, I have no idea what that was. I, I saw it for the first time. It's green. tastes orange. Yeah, it's green and it tastes orange. Ecto Cooler's a, a high C flavor that came out after the Ghostbusters movies in like probably 1986 maybe or so. And they made it forever. Um... 
even after all the Ghostbusters stuff ended, like the, the animated cartoon series ended in 1991, yeah. they kept making an Ecto Cooler because it was so popular. Ten years, right? Yeah, yeah. a really long time. And they actually just re reissued it like two years ago. Which is sweet because I, I don't know if it's a documentary or what, but I know that there was a whole thing where there was a community of people trying to hunt it down. Yes. It ended up like in a Walmart in uh -huh. New Mexico, and it was just like, yeah, we found it rang, rang up as some other juice that they bought rang up as Ecto Cooler, and like, well, we're on hot on the tail. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. So what happened is Ecto Cooler existed before Ecto Cooler, and like, it started in like the 1960s, which is crazy because I didn't know high C was around that long. But in the 1960s, there was a flavor called Citrus Cooler, and they just rebranded Citrus Cooler into Ecto Cooler for Ghostbusters. And then in 1997, when they finally felt that Ghostbusters mania had ended, uh, they discontinued it and they changed its name to Shouten Orange Tanger Green, which Stupid. is a terrible name. So yeah, you're, you're talking about that guy who would buy Shouten Orange Tangerine and when it rang up on the receipt, it would still ring up as Ecto Cooler. He like figured out the mystery, which is pretty great. And it's also funny because if you look at the, the juice box on Shouten Orange Tanger Green, there's just a blob that's supposed to look like a pair of lips, but it's kind of the same shape as Slimer still. So it's like a hidden nod towards its past. That's all I got for Slimer today, guys. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Goodbye. Kevin, do the Ghostbusters part. Ghostbusters! Yeah.